Well, good morning again, and welcome to Soma. If you have kids, they're dismissed to our children's ministry, which is right out that door and to the left. And if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where we're going to be this morning. If you don't have a Bible, there's some in the back. If you want to raise your hand, I'm sure somebody would get one to you. And we'd love for you to have a Bible. If you don't own one that's easy to read and understand, we'd love for this to be our gift to you. But 1 Corinthians is chapter 12. That's where we're going to be this morning as we continue to talk about this idea of thankfulness or gratitude and what it means to live a life of gratitude. Because thankfulness is not just this thing that we, we do or it's not just words that we say or it's not just something we celebrate on a holiday once a year. If we're going to be a people of faith, one of the things we want to do is be a people who live a life of gratefulness, of gratitude everywhere we go and in everything that we do. And so last week, Daniel, one of the other pastors, he to open the text, uh, the story of a woman who brought everything she had to give. It was just a few coins, but it's all she had. And how that gift meant so much to God because she was living a life of gratitude. She was giving everything she had because she realized that everything she had belonged to God. And so we're going to talk about that a little more this morning, but we're going to talk about how we spend our time and energy. How do we live our lives? Not just what we give as far as resources, but how do we spend our time and how do we live and give time to different people and places in a way that's grateful for the ways God has given us so many different things. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. But before we go any further, I want to invite you again to pray with me as we open up the scriptures this morning. God, we, um, we come to you very busy. Uh, we have a lot of things going on, and after this hour is over, we're going to go to different lives and different jobs and different families, and we're going to go to different places and do whatever is next on our schedule. Um, but before we do that, God, um, may this be a time where we reflect on um, how we spend our time. That we wouldn't just move from one place to another, from one meeting, one obligation to the next, without thinking about oh, how you have given us time. And so we pray that as we, as we go about our days and weeks and months, that we would be aware that all of this was given to us. Um, so may we live lives of gratitude, and may we respond with gratitude today. Uh, in your name, amen. When you ask somebody how they're doing now, used to, you would ask somebody how they're doing, and they would say, fine, or good, or okay. And a lot of times people still answer that way, but most of the time when I ask people how they're doing, I get one word answer, and that answer is busy. I have a lot to do. I am busy. And we have come to this place in our world where we see busy people, and we think because they're busy, they have status or value. In fact, the Harvard Business Review did this study not too long ago where they would ask people 
who is more successful? And they, you took this quiz, and you'd have two options, and you'd have to pick the person that you thought was more successful based on one fact about a person's day or their schedule. So one of the questions was on there was, who is more successful? Is it somebody who uses a delivery service for groceries from a cheaper grocery store, from Walmart, from Kroger, or is it somebody who shops and spends more money on their groceries at a place like Whole Foods, but they go and actually buy the groceries themselves? And most of the people who answered that question answered the person who gets the delivery service. They are busier, and not only are they busier, but they're more successful. Another question was, who is more successful? There's a guy who walks through a store, and he has a Bluetooth headset on, and he's talking on the phone as he's walking and shopping. Or there's somebody who's standing outside the store, and they're talking with just their phone up to their ear. And most people said, the person who's walking and doing two things at one time and wearing the headset, that person is more successful. And even one of the questions said, here is somebody, his name is Jeff, and Jeff uh, can, has no free time, he's always going to meetings, and he never gets any time to do anything that he wants to do. And then this other guy, and his name is Jeff, and Jeff has lots of free time, and he has lots of hobbies and gets to do lots of things that he wants to do. And most people said, if I had to guess, I would assume that the person who's busier, the Jeff that has no time in his, in his schedule, that person is more successful. We sometimes equate busyness with success. If you have a lot of stuff to do, then that means that you're doing stuff that's important and that you're making a name for yourself in the world. But the question we have to ask ourselves is, is that a value that we hold or is that a value that just people in the world put out and we believe it? And I don't know if that's something you believe that busy people are automatically successful, but we do sometimes think that in our own lives. And there's, not, there's nothing wrong with being busy. I think a lot of us in this room are busy. And I actually think there's something very good about not being lazy. I actually think that's a value that we should hold on to. But I wonder if this value that goes through our world now of being busy is healthy for us. And I wonder if it's healthy for our spiritual lives. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning is how do we spend our time? If we're busy, are we busy doing things that are beneficial for the world and beneficial for God's kingdom? Or are we just building up our own kingdoms and building success for ourselves? Are we busy doing things for ourselves? Or are we busy serving God? These are questions that we sometimes have to wrestle with. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to read the first 11 verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says this, Dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that you were, when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Holy Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. 
There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. That same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gifts of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So this is part of a letter to a church in a town called Corinth. And it's toward the end of this letter, and he talks about how the people used to be busy doing things. They were serving idols, but they were busy serving idols. But now that you have new life in Christ, you are to be busy doing other things. You are to be busy serving God. And he talks specifically about gifts that people have. And he even mentions specific things that people are good at. And I want to just take a note of how many times he says that all of these gifts come from God. If you were here last week, you heard us mention that when we talk about giving anything, it is a recognition that everything we have was given to us. And here he says, when you use your gifts, your talents, your abilities, when you use the way God has wired you for his glory, you are doing it because you're acknowledging, you're recognizing that he has given you these abilities and gifts. And this is what Paul is encouraging this church to do, to use each gift that each person has for God's glory as a recognition that God has given it to you in the first place. And so he uses specific gifts like wise advice. And you might have somebody in your life that's like this. When you're going through something and you have a decision to make, we have people in our lives, in our own family, when we know we have a decision to make, we know that there are certain people that we're going to call and we're going to talk to, and they're going to give us, a, give us uh, advice. And they can say, you can, you can take it or leave it, you can do this or not, but here's what I would do in your situation. You may have people like that in your life. Or you may actually know that that's a gift that you have to give that sort of advice. And maybe, maybe not. But if it's not that, it's something else. Because he talks about something else, like great faith is a gift. That's totally different from wise advice. The power to believe that God is real and that God is doing something, even when it's very hard for you to understand that or believe that. I mean, I know a lot of us in this room have been through times where our faith has been tested very strongly in ways that we cannot even describe or explain. We've had relationship issues, we've had sicknesses, we've had deaths that we've had to go through. But through it all, we have been able to hold on to this idea that God knows what he's doing. Which is hard to do sometimes, but some people possess this gift. Uh, My favorite, as I was reading this passage and knowing that we were going to talk about it this morning, is the idea of... There is one person who has the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret those languages. I think that's very fitting for a church like ours. 
because I don't have that gift. Um, uh, if anything, I've been working on Spanish for about a year, and I'm getting better at it, but it's clear that I do not have that gift. <laughs> but that is, that is another gift that's talked about here. So there are all these different things, and these aren't the only gifts that are lifted, listed throughout the Bible. There are other things like serving and giving. People are wired differently. So every one of us in this room have different gifts that we can use for God's glory. And we're going we're gonna to use those gifts in one way or another. And we are going to be busy building up a kingdom of some kind. But a lot of us use our gifts to build up our own kingdom so we can just build a nice life for ourselves and not be impacted by anybody else or any ugliness or messiness that we might come in contact with and just let God do the work himself. But that's not what God is asking us to do. He's asking us to use our gifts not just to build our, up our own kingdom, but to serve others and to serve the world around us. Um, about eight years ago, I was a part of this group of pastors, and we went through this year-long program together where we would meet pretty, uh, pretty regularly. And as we met, there was this time that we would always have where we would sit, and if any of us were going through a difficult time, it was a, just an opportunity for us to share what was going on. And so there was one guy in the group, and he had been working in ministry for about 10 years, but he had somebody in his life who they had gotten into an argument, and the guy told him that he didn't need to be working in ministry at all, that he wasn't gifted to do those things, that he, he should quit and get a different job, that um, he was no good to God. I mean, he said some really hateful things to a person. And not only that, this, this guy who was saying this to my friend, who was part of this group, was a mentor to him. And so he, he had this guy in his life who he trusted, and had said these awful things to him. And so we're in the circle, and he's sharing this with us, that he's going through these things. And as he's sharing... The leader of our group stopped him in the middle of him telling this story. And he said, this is going to sound weird, but I have this really strong feeling that God wants to speak to you. And he pointed to another guy in the circle and he said, I have a feeling that God wants to speak to you through this other person in the circle. And he says, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just, I cannot shake this feeling. And then the other guy started talking and he said these deeply profound things. And he, as he was talking, the guy who was sharing the story about how hurt he was, just tears started welling up in his eyes. And, and I, I can't even remember all of the things that this guy said, but I just remember sitting in a circle with nine other people and thinking, this is a, this is a holy moment. This moment is more than just one person talking to somebody else. There's something going on here. And that story probably doesn't mean that much to you, honestly, but it's, it's a story that I will never forget. And, and we can also say that the guy who was called on, who said these profound words to my friend who was going to, through a hard time, he's a writer. He works with words all the time. And so we could just say that he, he, that's just what he does. Or we could look at it and say, God gave him a gift, 
And he used it at a very special time when somebody else needed to hear it. And that story is not in this passage of Scripture that we read. But I will, I will tell you that when I read this passage of Scripture about people having certain gifts and people using those gifts to build God's kingdom, to build up other people, to help people grow in their faith, I was not a part of that moment other than the fact that I just saw it happen. I happened to be in the room when it happened. And there was something very powerful about that. I am closer to God and my faith has grown because I was part of that moment. And when we use our gifts, this is what we do. We, we introduce other people to God. We, we allow people to grow in their faith because we're using our gifts. And there are some gifts that seem more glamorous than others. When I watch, uh, when I watch Jeff Spencer over here playing the guitar in the corner, I want to be him. I do. Every single time I see him, I'm like, man, I wish I was him. I don't have that gift. And he would tell you that there's a lot of practice that goes into that. And I'm putting you on the spot here, Jeff. He'd tell you there's a lot of practice that goes into that. And, but I also know that there's somebody who's using their gift in order to bring other people into contact with God. That's what we pray for every time we gather together at the beginning of our services, is that, um, is that the things that we do would introduce people to God and grow them in their faith. Uh, if, you're, if you ever walk in the front doors of our church, which all of you have at least once, there are, there's all these flowers and greenery as you come in. And uh, about eight months ago, that was just a bunch of buckets with dirt and cigarette butts in them. And um, there's somebody in our church who really likes working on that, that stuff, and now it looks like that. And there's somebody who's using their gift, and maybe it's not glamorous, or maybe that's not a person who would even want their name to be told, but there's somebody who's using their gifts to help create an environment where we can help people grow closer to God. This is what we're called to do. And there's tons of places here in our church where you can, can do that. Um, right in the back of this room, Every week, there are two people who sit and make sure that we can hear all the words that come out and make sure that all the musicians uh, sound uh, so we can hear them and that the words are up on the screen so we can see the words and sing along with the songs. But not only are those two people in the back, there are donuts right here in the other corner and coffee that is made, and there are two people who come and do that every single week. There are cards in the chair backs in front of you, and there are people who come, and they put those in and uh, serve communion and take up the offering. And right outside these doors on the other side of that wall, there are kids in all of these rooms. And we have six people who help out there on a regular basis. And it's particularly with, with kids. And, and during the week, we have... Teenagers who come in this building and they meet on a regular basis, and we have two, and we actually need a third person to come and help out with our teenagers just to have one more person. And we have all these different places where people can serve, and children and teenagers are very important because a lot of people make faith decisions. In fact, 80% of people who make a decision to follow Jesus do it before the time they turn 18. And in our church, 
it's above the average when it comes to the amount of kids that we have in our church. Most churches have about 20% of the people who come on Sunday mornings are, are children. But in our church, it's about 30. It's about one in three people that are here. And again, if you're here at the very beginning of the service, you see that because there's people running all over the place. And it helps that we give them donuts. <laughs> but there's people running all over the place. And, and here's the thing, like, as someone who has three kids of my own, I know that no matter how much, if I go to a place and I love it and I love the people there and I find community there and I love what's being taught, if my kids aren't being taken care of, it's going to be hard for me to come back to that place because that's important to me. And I'm telling you all this because we have about, on a regular Sunday, we have about 80 people, something like that who come to our church. And during the week, it takes about 25 to 30 people to make things run. And we need help. We have lots of people who serve already, and a lot of you serve faithfully, and a lot of you serve in different roles. And so if we talk about 25 people, some of those 25 are people who serve two or three different roles. And we're thankful for all of you and the way you serve. And there are some of you who are just like brand new to faith or just coming back to church or don't really know how you feel about God. And if that's you, we want you to come and receive. But we also need some of you who this is your home to serve and use your gifts, not just so we can build this, this church up to where lots of people show up and we're, we're happy about it, but because we want to introduce people to Jesus. As new people come in, as more people come be part of this community, we want to introduce people to Jesus and we want to introduce them to a God who meets them where they are at. And we are called to use our gifts. And if you don't know what your gift is, that's fine. But we want you to serve in some capacity, in some way. So if you want to serve, I would encourage you to fill out just a card in front of you and drop it in the bucket as it comes by and just say, I want to serve. And we'll contact you this week and we'll try to find a place for you. Because there are places for you. But before this whole morning sounds like a pitch just to get more people to help, I, I want to ask this question. How are you using your gifts to serve? Because if you decide that it's not going to be here, that's fine. It doesn't have to be here. But please don't use your gifts just to build up this kingdom for yourself so you can look back on your life and say, ooh, I never impacted anybody. I never... <laughs> I never cared about the world around me, but man, I really enjoyed my house. Or man, I really enjoyed that car I had for a five-year span. Let's use our gifts and talents for something greater than just building up something for ourselves. We are called to use our gifts for God's glory. Because he has given us those gifts in the first place. Uh, there's this quote by uh, an 18th century um, pastor, uh, actually 19th century, his name's D.L. Moody, and he, um, he said this. This is one of my favorite quotes, and it's been bugging me for a little while, but it says this, Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. 
And when I think about people who are busy a lot, because I, I am too, I, I'll be honest, like I've tr- I try not to tell people I'm busy, and so I work real hard at not saying that. But I understand why people say that, and I understand why most of us in this room say that. Because as we leave today, there's probably five things that we need to do to get ready for the week that's coming, right? I understand that all of us are busy, and all of us have things that we need to do. But a lot of times we're busy succeeding at things that don't really matter. And the reality is... We are all busy, but, but we make time for stuff that's important to us. We do. I, I tell people that I'm busy all the time, but I also tell people about how many TV shows I've watched over the past month, right? And there's nothing wrong with watching TV. I love it, and I, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> but... I may am going to trim it down, probably. But I also am not going to pretend that I'm too busy to do something that actually matters. We talk about how busy we are, but we make time for the things that are important to us. And, and here's the question. Is God important enough for you? To use your gifts to introduce other people to him? I don't know if that makes sense. But, but are we going to spend all our time building up our own kingdom for our own sake? Are we going to use all our gifts being busy just so we can say we're busy? Or are we going to use our gifts being busy for the sake of God? And... Um, That's the life we want to invite you into. That's the life that we um, that we believe is worth living. We use the word diversity around here a lot because it's important to us. We believe in a God who loves all of us, no matter where we come from or what our life is like or what our past is like. Um, But but we believe diversity goes further than just where we come from or what language we speak. We believe diversity also means that we all have different gifts. And it allows us to take the influence that we have and multiply it. Because think about how Tupelo would be different if every single person in this room took the gifts and talents that we had and used, it for some, used them for something greater than our own selves. Think about the impact that would just happen in our own community. All gifts come from God. And we're thankful to be part of a group of people who are gifted in different ways. And the question we need to ask ourselves is, how are we using those gifts? Uh, are, we busy, are we busy building our own kingdoms? Uh, or are we busy building God's kingdom? Um, on earth as it is in heaven is what we ask for. Let's pray together.